It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we are so excited for today's show. Today, for the very first time on the podcast, we have a couple of special guests. Our moms! Yay! Yay! We are so excited to have my mom, Lisa. Thanks for having us. And Tabitha's mom, Bobby, on the show today. Hi, we're glad to be here. So we thought it would be fun to start with a little... Get to know us through the eyes of our moms. So we are going to ask each mom individual questions. We've Tabitha, you want to interview my mom first? Yeah, All let's right. go for it. Let's you ready, go. Lisa? Let's do it. All right. What is your proudest moment of Ashley? Wow, that's hard. I have so many. Oh, um, I mean, I do. <laughs> you think about it. I've watched her grow up and graduate high school and college and... Um, getting married and having her first baby and you know all of that was wonderful um I guess the one thing that stands out in my mind right now is I can remember the first time she sang in church and how that made my heart feel when she stood up there and she sang the first time because I knew how much she loved singing so um, and she does such a great job she was terrified but she did a fantastic job that was a good moment so what is your favorite memory of you and Ashley together Oh, gosh, I don't know. We do everything together, but um, I guess some of my best memories. Ashley worked with me uh, when she was going to school, when she was going to college, and we uh, got to spend a lot of good quality time together. We went to lunch together. and She bought my lunch every day. It was really nice. <laughs> it was an expensive time, <laughs> but it, but was, it was, a, was a good time. But it was a, great, it was a great time. I really missed having that time with her, and when me she too. actually quit working with me and... Uh, went to work on her own, got her first full-time job outside of working with me. I, I grieved myself something terrible, and when people would come into the office and even ask me how Ashley was doing, I'd burst out in tears. Aww. They'd be like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, um, if you could do anything together, what would you guys want to do together? I guess that's a joint question. Well, I know um, for one of my sister's birthdays, we did a spa trip that I loved, and I would love for us to be able to do another girls trip where we go to the spa and just get pampered that was a lot i want to do that that was mom's (laughs) 60th birthday yeah Yeah. all right name a time you were worried or afraid for ashley um okay i guess probably well there's been several instances i guess i was really scared for her the first time probably was when she was about two years old she was diagnosed with a um, blood disorder called itp um but at the time, uh, they had sent her out to um, St. Joseph's, and she had to have a lot of tests done. They were testing her for leukemia, so I was very scared during that time. Then, of course, um, you know, when she was in college, driving back and forth, you know, doing night classes, late at night on the road, terrified me. But probably the scariest time, I would say, with her was after she had her son race. She, um, she nearly died. She went mm-hmm. into... Um, 
mild heart failure and everything. She had a kidney stone, and it, it, it really everything went haywire and they didn't know initially what was wrong whether she took several trips back to the er before they figured it out and by the time they figured it out she had a really bad kidney infection and she went into mild heart failure and just all kinds of stuff so i stayed with her that first 27 days that baby was born and she was in and out of the hospital and that was probably the scariest i've ever been for her yeah that was a rough time yeah that was terrifying Yeah. yeah All right, so think back on when she was younger. Was she early, late, average on achieving childhood milestones? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> she was pretty average on most things except for talking. <laughs> she was uh, a high achiever there. <laughs> uh, she spoke very early. I'm saying she probably was having sentences, saying sentences by the time she was a year old. She was my first baby and I was a young mother and I didn't really understand that she was uh advanced until I remember my sister-in-law one time looking at me and saying she's creepy and I went (laughs) what and she goes a baby's not supposed to be able to talk like that so uh, and then of course after I had my second baby I realized when he he talked much later that yeah she she talked very early yeah and she hasn't stopped since. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I will vouch for that. <laughs> Perfect career to have a podcast. That's right. right. That's right. True, true. All right. Why did you and Rusty choose her name? Honestly, I wanted to name Ashley Elise. Uh, I think, what was the name of the show? Family Ties that was on then with uh, Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah. And his mom was Elise or whatever. I love that name. And my husband hated that name. He's like, oh, it's too hard to say. And I'm like, well, you can say Lisa. I don't know why you can't say Elise. But he did not (laughs) like Elise. And so we were throwing around different names. And I will never forget, uh, he was playing on a ball team at the time. And um, I know this. her name now sounds very familiar. Everybody and their brother has this name, Ashley. I mean, boys and girls. But I had never heard the name other than from the book Gone with the Wind and and never even crossed my mind, but I was at the park and this little girl, adorable, with all these blonde curls come running by. She was maybe, you know, one or two years old and her mother was saying, Ashley, come back, Ashley, come back. And I went, Ashley, that's it. That's it. That's it. So you just knew. So I just knew then. And then, of course, when I mentioned it to her dad, he said, yeah, I like that one, so... I like that. Yeah. Hard to believe that that name was not common when she <laughs> named me because everybody between the ages of 35 to 38 is named Ashley. But <laughs> you spell it yes. like no other. I, I'm so glad she at least spelled it different because that made me well, a little different. I knew we probably were in trouble when the nurse came in in the hospital and told me there were two other babies that had just been born <laughs> oh, that named wow. Ashley. And I went, really? And I thought it was so unique. But That's so, so funny. Sorry. <laughs> All right, last question. Anything you would go back and change in regards to raising Ashley? Oh, I'm sure that there's a lot of things I would like to change, but at the end of the day, the experiences that uh, we all went through made Ashley the person who she is, and I couldn't imagine having... couldn't imagine me being any better than what I am (laughs) right now. (laughs) Well... She's not conceited at all. (laughs) Well, we all laugh, but honestly, I will say um, I have the best daughter in the whole world. And she's the one person in the world that I know. All right, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Bobby, you ready? No. (laughs) You got this. You got this. All right. First question. What was your proudest moment of Tabitha? 
Okay, the first thing that comes to my mind, of course, is the day she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. That was such an amazing day and uh, a day that I'm so, so very thankful for. Um, but other than that, uh, another th- uh, thing that comes to my mind is the day she became a mother. Madison was born. She had a very rough delivery, and it was very trying in when Madison was born, she had to go directly to uh, NICU, and Tapitha wasn't able to hold her or anything. And I saw the fear and the concern and the questions in my daughter's eyes, and um, that just tore me up. <laughs> but on the other hand, I saw her perseverance, how she pushed through, how um, you know she pushed through the pain and the fear and uh, the struggle of that day and all all that was on her mind was her baby so that was a very proud day for me all right that thanks thanks sweet. aunt bobby we're crying in the studio now um, to my mom the most <laughs> sentimental is going to get us all crying at the beginning <laughs> oh my goodness um all right so what is your favorite memory of you and tabitha oh my goodness there's a lot of great memories but I guess the uh, main thing that comes to mind is our long talks from the time she was, you know, preteen through her teens. Um, often I would give her her time to uh, initiate those talks, but we had some great talks and um, we still do today. And we've always uh, had good conversation together and I just truly enjoy that. I remember when I was in college, I'd get home late from a date or something like that, and we would stay up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning chatting about dates and life and all of that. That was a good time. Yep, because Mom didn't go to bed till you got home. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I know that. I miss those times. Um, All right, were there any similarities between you and Tabitha as a child? I think we're both pretty laid back, um, fairly easygoing, but... uh, Another thing is that we have the same sense of humor in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, her dad doesn't get it sometimes, but <laughs> we do have a, the same sense of humor. I will share this. We went to see a movie. I was probably 13 or 14 years old. Mom and I laughed the entire movie, and my dad sat there the whole time like, this is not funny. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing so much. If and we can get day, Uncle Terry to laugh, we know like, we've done something. Yes, to this day he still doesn't get our sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> Um, if you could do anything together with Tabitha, what would you want to do? Um, I agree with Lisa on this one, a long weekend. Uh, when we did that before, that was just really fun. And it was just nice, you know, to it just was. Uh, it was have that time together. Yeah, all of us girls and yep. just going and spending that time together was a lot of fun. Name a time you were worried or afraid for Tabitha. Um, Christmas Day 2015 ended up with pneumonia. She had been sick for a while, but um, it, being Christmas time, she was trying to push through and the, me- the medications just weren't working. And Christmas day, she got really sick and uh, ended up going to the hospital and was being admitted. And then for a few days after that, the medications just weren't working. And as a mom, I was absolutely terrified. Thankfully though, we have an advent to go to and our uh, through prayer and uh, God calmed my spirit, and um, she did start getting better. And thankfully, she did respond to the medication. So, thank God, that was a scary. But that time. was very I scary. That. Time. We were just talking about scary. that the other day. Yeah. That was that was really scary. Although I thought you were going to say when we went to Africa on the mission trip. 
There's well, probably a lot of times. Yeah. She's like, which one do I pick? <laughs> yes, that started out being, but God gave me a lot of peace during that time, a peace that um, passes all understanding, yeah. as the word says. So, yeah, that was, that did come to mind. <laughs> Why did you choose her name? Okay. <laughs> She's going to say it's in the Bible, <laughs> but the real reason we, is bewitched. I know the real reason. <laughs> exactly. As a child, uh, we watched a TV show called Bewitched, and the little girl in the show's name was Tabitha. And I always just really liked that name. And um, when I was expecting her, one night I was reading the Bible, and I read in um, Acts about... Um, a lady named Tabitha, and the Bible specifically says the woman was full of good works and alms deeds. And after I read that, and I love the name anyway, I thought, um, what better person to name someone after that than someone that is that caring and charitable as Tabitha and, and Acts. So I love that. Anything you would go back and change in regards to raising Tabitha? Um, nothing really specific. Uh, I guess the main thing would be I wish I just had more time. I was a full-time working mom and um, a lot going on. And so nothing specific, but, yes, I, I, I would have liked to have had more time. Yeah, that's good. Well, that was good. Y'all did good answering those questions. I know y'all y'all were nervous, but you did great. Yeah. All right. Did very good. So, we had our moms on today just kind of reflecting and thinking about how important they are. This is the week of Mother's Day, so we thought that, that it would just be fitting to have our moms here. But I wanted to share first before we even go further is a reference. Uh, there's a statistic in the book, Why They Stay, that says over two-thirds of believers said they were younger than 13 when they came into a relationship with Jesus. Over three-fourths said they were younger than 16 when they committed their life to Christ. And if you follow us on Instagram, we did our own survey with all of you that indicated those exact same statistics. As a matter of fact, um, about 75% came to know Christ before 16, um, about 25% were under the age of 29. And after that, we had no one say that they came to know Christ after that age. So it's just a reminder to us how important our family is, but specifically our mothers. And you, you guys are all moms in the family are the gatekeepers of the home. They're the ones that kids go with to with questions. And so just a reminder to all of you that your role as a mom as a caregiver um, is very important. And we need to be able to have those questions answered for our kids. We need to be raising them in a Christian home. Um, and it says in Titus 2 verses four through six, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And we just kind of want to give um, credit where credit is due, that Ashley and I do love the Lord, but we give the credit to our moms for that, yeah. for as well as our dads, but our moms are here just 
you guys taught us. You are the ones who taught us how to love our children well, um, how to be good wives, and we just want to thank you guys for that. Um, but we also know that we all have different stories, and I think in the coming weeks, uh, we are going to be talking more about the family, and Ashley and I will have an opportunity to share our story of motherhood, but we wanted to talk to our moms about their stories because we all have a different perspective. We all came from different backgrounds, really. Um, and so, Lisa, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that because your story of motherhood is different from the rest of us. You were a very young mom, and you still serve the Lord. You brought your kids up in church, but I kind of wanted to give you a chance to talk about that and how being a young mom maybe affected your faith, um, but also maybe some encouragement for some young moms that are out there right now that may be struggling. Well, um, I was 18 when Ashley was born, so yes, I was a fairly young mother. Um, I was a teenage mother. Um, it was difficult at times because I was young, but I loved her from the moment I knew she was there. And being a teenage mother, there were some choices that I could make or could have made. And I will just say this. During the 80s, when Ashley was born, there were um, several friends of mine that I knew that became young mothers. And there were several of my friends that chose not to become mothers, but could have been mothers. Yeah. I will tell you this much. Some of my friends regretted some of the decisions they made, and some of my friends didn't. And I will tell you the ones that decided to become young mothers are the ones that are, not, are happy, that yeah. are glad with the decision that they made. And either way, it's a tough decision. And it's that's a hard the, decision. I think and that's, I, I kind of wanted to address this too, is like the, the heartbreak that comes through if you made a decision not to have mm -hmm. your baby, just the, the pain that that mom has to carry because she's still a mom. It's uh, a hurt that never goes away and never yeah. heals. Yeah. And I think for convenience sake, sometimes we're tricked into believing that that's, that's an easy solution to a tough problem. But for me, it, it wasn't. I, I made the decision that I was going to be a mother, and I was at 18. And how did I arrive at that decision? Well, faith, first of all. But I had a good support system. Yeah. It's very difficult for you to make any right decisions if you don't have faithful people in your life leading you in the right direction. Yeah. And... Um, it wasn't always easy, but you know what? I had, and I'm not just saying this because she's sitting here, I had the best example of a woman of faith, of a good mother, um, and my sisters, one sitting across from me, and then I have a, another older sister uh, who lives in Florida now, Mary. Those women were instrumental in my life during that time because when I felt overwhelmed, um, when I felt I couldn't do it, they were a phone call away or, you know, if I needed them to be there, they were there. It didn't matter where I was at. They were there to support me and to guide me. And, and that's been that way my whole life. And so my thing, I guess I would say, is I would advise people to find somebody in your life that can encourage you in the faith and, yeah. and who it can encourage you in your life. And most of all, Find somebody in your life who loves you enough 
to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. whether you want to hear it or not. That's good. Because I can tell you right now, I got sisters who do not mind telling me the truth, whether <laughs> I want to hear it or not. <laughs> but, you know, I was blessed. They kept me on the straight and narrow. They supported me. And and I'm thankful for the decision I made. Um, and I was a working mother. I worked the whole time my kids were growing up. You know, that was difficult, too. You know, I didn't make the choice to work. I had to, I had to work. You know, I wanted to keep a uh, a roof over my kid's head and I wanted clothes on their back so I had to go to work so I made that decision to you know to go to work and I worked the whole time that they were growing up yeah. and uh, it wasn't easy you know but you know what it was the um, I look back and it was the best time of my life absolute best time of my life that's good that's good stuff well thank you mom for sharing your story now I'm all boohooing over here <laughs> we're gonna be a lot of tears in the studio today um so now, Bobby, you have a much different story of motherhood than what my mom does in the fact that, you know, you went through some infertility things for many years, and we'd love for you to share your story of faith during such a trying time. Well, I married young as well, but um, I chose to uh, wait about starting a family because um, I was only 17 when I married. So that was my interior's choice to wait a while. Um, but then when the time came that we wanted uh, children and I started um, trying to conceive, I had uh, infertility uh, issues. The, after the first year, um, um, I started going to doctors, going through tests, going through a lot of things. And um, so it took me about three years to uh, me and her dad to get Tabitha. Uh, but I'm so thankful that God answered prayers during that time. Uh, the story of Hannah in First Samuel was very dear to my heart because Hannah uh, was barren and she wanted a child so bad and she kept going to the Lord about it. And that was kind of the same issue that I was in. So that story just resonated with me. And so we had uh, Tabitha and then shortly thereafter we wanted to in- increase our family and started trying again. However, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't God's plan. We, uh, for over 10 years, uh, went through um, a lot of things that wasn't fun. Doctors, tests. um, This was over 120 months of uh, disappointment. There was a lot of times that I don't want to say that I was angry at God or anything, but I, I was just a little hurt, you know, that why can't I have more children and stuff? But the Psalms just helped me when I would be down, and you do get down, you know, you, you get sad, you know, you get a little depressed, you um, you just struggle with it, and um, so the Psalms helped me so much, you know, at my, at my worst times of, of dealing with that, and um, it wasn't always easy. Uh, I was very thankful, very thankful that uh, God chose to give us one child. But my heart's desire was to have a bigger family and to have more children and everything. But but God saw me through those times, and I'm so thankful for that. And he said, hang on, I'm going to give you four grandchildren. I was about to say, you only have so, one child, but, but you have four, four grandchildren. grandchildren. <laughs> and my goodness, what a blessing they are to me. But I was speaking about Psalms, and I, I just got to looking back on some of the verses that I underlined and stuff. And all through the Psalms, it talks, tells you about trusting in him. And it comes down to where sometimes 
the answers to your prayers isn't always what you want it to be, but you've just got to trust in Him because you know His plans are, are so much better than our, than our own. It's just like the song says, He sees what we don't, and we don't always understand why. Exactly. And, um, you know, so I didn't always understand, and at times it was very hard because um, that was a long time. That, and, that, and it was something that infertility is something that's very private and... Um, sometimes people don't realize the inner struggle that you go through. Uh, you try to, you know, be happy for friends. You try to be happy for family, you know, but you still, you know, um, you have your struggles with it. I think, so. So, you know, it's that sometimes why, why them and not me? You know, yes. you can't help but yes. but think those human things at times. And at the even same you token, be happy. I felt guilty because I had a child. There's a right. lot of uh, women that never had their, you know, a biological child that would have loved to have had their own biological child. And, you know, so even then I went through that, you know, of not never expressing it because uh, I felt like I was being selfish. Felt guilty about you know, feeling that way. all about that. Yeah. He knew, you know, the struggles that I went through and stuff. And so but I didn't always understand, but just grew to trust him with uh, what was best for our family. Well, that's good. It's it's really neat to see kind of two sides of the coin, how different their stories yeah. are, but at the same time, they both have that same faith. Yeah. Well, and we share all of that because we know that every mother that's out there has a different story as well. Ashley and I's story is a little bit different than Lisa and my mom. And and we see sometimes on Instagram, you know, we'll see pictures of families and it's picture perfect and everything looks wonderful when you just get that little highlight reel of what's going on Face in people's life. Yeah. yeah. But there's so much more that is going on behind the scenes with people. And just because everything looks like it's exactly how it should be and it's picture perfect, we know that all of us have our own insecurities. We all struggle with different things. And so... We just want to encourage you guys today and that whatever stage you're in, whether it's infertility, whether you're a a new mom or a young mom, that keep trusting in God. Allow your faith to guide you and he will lead you and he'll take care of you during those times. Yeah, that's right. And we also want to talk about another similarity that they had. They were both working moms. Yeah. Tabitha and I both grew up with our moms working full time our whole Mm -hmm. lives. Yes. Um... And that was a lot of phone conversations too, right? Oh, believe me. We, we talked each other off the ledge many, many times. And so, um, yeah, so we, but we kind of wanted to talk about how, even though they were working moms, I know, I think Tabitha will say the same. I never felt that my mom didn't love me, that that my mom didn't care, that my mom was not there for me just because she worked full-time. Okay, I have a story here about that that I've got to tell. Okay. That honestly made me feel so good. Okay, I I mentioned earlier that Ashley used to work with me when she was in college and stuff. Um, During that time period, I had um, a young lady working in the office with me, and she was a young mother, and she was struggling because she didn't want to work, but financially she had to work. And she was having a really, really, really hard time. And I knew she was having a hard time and stuff. And, and her and Ashley sometimes would go to lunch together. And this one particular day, um, they had came back from lunch. And then Ashley had done her time there at the office. And she had left. And this young lady came into my office. And she sat down. And she said, i got to tell you something. Um, I had a conversation with your daughter today that helped me tremendously. And I think I'm going to be okay now. And I said, 
what are you talking about? And she said, well, she said, I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself and telling her, you know, I don't believe that a woman can be a good mother and work. And she said, you know, I'm having to leave my kids and I don't think, you know, that I can be a good mother and my kids are gonna are not going to benefit from me not being there with them and this is just not a good situation. And she said, I, you know, you know, point, point blank period, you know, you just can't be a good mother and work full time. And she said at that point, she said, your daughter looked at me and said, well, that's not the truth because I have the best mother in the whole wide world and she's always worked. Yeah. And she said, so you can do both if you have to because my mama did. Yeah. And she looked at me and she said, wow. She said, what a compliment your daughter gave you. And she said, now I think I can make peace with this. So, you know, yeah, I think the ideal is we would all love to be at home with our children. You know, none of us want to leave our children in daycare and have to go to work. And you know, don't get me wrong, some women do. I know there's some women out there who, you know, uh, are career driven and want that. But a lot of us, you know, we really grieve and, it, and our hearts yeah. really hurt to leave those children. But, you know, when you have to go, um, I think your children know. Yeah, you know, it, as long as you know, you they give know your them heart, the heart yeah, behind it. They know yeah. your heart, and you know, and as long as they get the love from you and the attention from you when you get home, um, that's what's important. But anyway, I just had to tell that story. Yeah, do you have something to share? That mom? was good. Um, no, just I guess the biggest challenge of being a working mom is just time management, uh, the time restraints. So if I could go back, I would have loved to spend more time with you, uh, but. We still work through things, yeah. and, and we had a good life. And we have a great relationship. And we have a great relationship. Well, and that's like, I think we think about, I mean, the only thing that I can think of growing up that really bothered me, that mom worked full-time, and Bobby, I think you were kind of in the same boat. You only had so many vacation days. They weren't like yes. jobs now that you had five weeks, mm -hmm. and you had yeah, no. all this time, and they were okay with you going to kids' events. That wasn't the case. If, if you were gone, you had to use some of your time. And you knew that your kids were going to get sick. I mean, you really mm -hmm. had to be careful how you used your time. And so I know growing up, mom wasn't able to be there for me for those events. And dad wasn't either because dad was out working full time. Right. So a lot of times I didn't have my parents at the school events, you know. And yeah. I can say that's probably the only time that I'm like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish mom was here. But then at the end of the day... I always knew where mom was. I always knew yeah. why, why they were working. I always knew she would have rather been home with us. I knew her heart, and I knew that when she was home, we spent great quality time together. Exactly. And so I, I always knew. I never questioned that. So. Well, and we're talking about this today because we know that it's a very controversial topic, you know, between working moms and stay-at-home moms, and sometimes that can be a battle between who's doing right and who's doing wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is when your mom loves and cares for you it doesn't matter god exactly. fills in the gaps where where he needs to and he knows your heart as a mom that you love your kids and you want what's best for your kids so that's why we wanted to highlight this today not to make anyone feel bad one way or the other ashley and i have been working moms and have both chosen to be stay-at-home moms uh, we saw even through our moms how just hard it was hard yeah. you know the struggle that you guys had trying to balance the work life and the home life and so we've made a decision through the support of our husbands That's as right. well yeah. to stay home um during this time which even now even though we are stay-at-home moms we have taken on this big venture so yeah. we are uh working it's just a little unconventional from the normal nine to five but 
Um, and I really think that a lot of corporations now are recognizing that, you know, but that... They're so much more lenient now than what they yes. were when Bobby and I were working. I mean, you know, if, for example, like my daughter-in-law, she gets to work from home two days a week. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have been able to work from Do home something two days like that. a week. Yeah. You know, that would have been, you know, but we didn't have that lenity. You had to be there from, you know, 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock or sometimes 7 o'clock at night, depending on how long it took you to get your job done. Yeah. You know, so, and like Ashley said, we had two weeks vacation. You didn't accumulate all this vacation yeah. time. And, and usually, time. and you had sick time. So, I cherished my sick time and my vacation time. I didn't use my vacation time for vacation time. I used it for if my kids got sick. So, you know, exactly. I would bank it yeah, for yes, the whole definitely. year. So in case my kids got sick, so I could be home with them and no one would say anything to me because I had that time. But yeah, it, it wasn't easy. You know, I can remember saying um, many, many times sitting down at night and crying and yeah. going, you know, God, I can't do this. You know, I can't give, you know, myself a hundred percent to anything. My kids get a piece, yeah. little piece of me. My husband gets a little piece. My job gets a little piece. My church gets a little piece, you know, but nobody gets a hundred percent of me in anything. And I just felt so inadequate a lot of times, you know? Um, and I think that's the way most women do. You know, we just feel so overwhelmed. There's so much, on us and so much expected of us that I think we just feel, you know, sometimes just overwhelmed with just trying to do it all and, and yeah, little pieces of us being pulled everywhere. You Mom know? guilt. And we all have it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we as moms, no matter where, what our stage of life is, whether it's a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, let's cheer each other on. Let's be supportive and encourage exactly. one another rather than tearing each other down. Look at your family and see what's best for your family. You know, Lisa talked about you had to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you were a young exactly. mom starting out. You didn't have a choice. Nope. And rather than us tearing each other down, let's build one another up and encourage one another. And so I love what you said about having a good support system, and we need to be that for other moms. That's right. If you've got people in your life that are constantly negative and giving you you know, negativity, you need to find that person that's going to give you it's going to uplift you and, and it's going to be encouraging and it's going to be positive. Like like I said, you know, Bobby and I talked to each other off the ledge many times and, and a lot of times we would just tell each other, you know, just send each other something funny or just, you yeah. know. I would call her on a, on the verge of a breakdown, and then she would just tell me something funny and get me laughing. And before it was over with, you know, instead of crying, I was laughing, and it was everything was okay again. Yeah. You know, so you need somebody to help you keep that in balance. goes back to that support system. And loving, and loving one another and caring, truly caring about what that other person is going through. That's right. And, and seeing yeah. their struggles. That's exactly That's right. So... Uh, We've enjoyed having our moms on so much This has been today. fun. Thank and you, I, guys. I really hope that everybody has enjoyed just a different episode. Our moms had said that they would support us in our podcast, that they would help us emotionally and spiritually and financially, yeah, and, for and that they would pray for us, but... They said, please do not have us on, but here we are. But they did. And okay, round of applause, mom. I think y'all did a good job. Thanks, thanks. (laughs) Well, taking it back as we always do at the end of all of our episodes, Tabitha, go ahead and tell us what the purpose is behind this episode and why we wanted to do this. As we said just a few moments ago, no matter where you are, whether you're a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, a single mom, You are influential in the lives of your children and training them up in the ways of the Lord. So I just want to encourage you to trust in Him. And no matter where you 
where you are in your stage of life because he will guide you and he will lead you just as we've talked before in previous um, episodes. So what is the challenge for us that we can take into next week? I liked what we said earlier is to make it a point to cheer on another mom. We're not in competition of one another, um, but we need to be supporters of one another. That's right. I agree with that. So we wanted to end with both our moms are grandmothers now, and we hear that being a grandmother is even better than being a mom. Is that true? Absolutely, positively. (laughs) Wow, that was how great we were earlier in the show and now being a grandmother's better look you guys were great but listen we can love these kids and spoil these kids and send Send them them home home. we don't have to be the disciplinarians you know we can spoil and love and you know uh yeah they're they're absolutely wonderful and i think bobby would probably agree with me the best part of it is what age has given us is the fact that we understand that it's important to cherish the moment. So when we're with our grandkids, unlike times when we're with our children, Mm -hmm. we're in the moment. Yeah. We get in the floor and we play and we just, we, and we watch them so intently and we just love every moment because we know after going through it with our own children, how fast time goes by. It flies. And I think just the adage of seeing your baby with their babies. I mean, there's, there's nothing that will melt your heart more you know is that and you, and you just you love them with a love that you just can't explain well you don't think you'll ever love anything or anyone more than you love your children you know I, I always said that I couldn't understand God's love for me it was hard for me to understand how much you, until I had my baby and when I held my baby and that love that I had for that baby it's like all of a sudden I had a light bulb moment that no. I'm like you know he created me yeah. You know, and he loves me the way more, more, yeah, more than what I love. You know, yeah. than the yeah. way I love. That's so good. that's yeah. true. That is, it's, it's wonderful being a mother. It's wonderful being a grandmother. Yes. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yes. I'll tap that. I have many, many years to go before we're in that state. But uh, <laughs> one day, though, one day. I, I hope we're here to see it. You yeah. better be. <laughs> you better be. Well, we appreciate our moms being on with us today. We hope you have enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Next week, we're going to start diving into our new family series. You don't want to miss that. Make sure you have your notifications on so that you're notified as soon as the episode is released. Thank you for your love and support. And as always, remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.